Welcome to the Shine Online podcast. I'm your host and video content coach, Natasha. And after years of being a social media manager for service providers, coaches, and physical product brands while creating content for my own brand, I realized how important it is to infuse video into your strategy, no matter what surface or platform you decide to use for your brand. This podcast will help you create strategic video content that doesn't take away from your business, but fuels its growth. You'll leave each episode with a simpler way to show up with confidence that isn't reliant on the latest trend or gimmicky hacks, but a sustainable strategy. Ready to go from overwhelmed to confident in your content strategy? It's your time to shine. Welcome to the Authority Series, where I interview experts in the online business space to discuss industry-disrupting strategies and stories. In this series, you'll hear from my very own Mastermind alum from the Online Authority Mastermind, which opens applications for its third year in April. You can find all the details about joining us in the show notes. And today, I have the lovely Keela on, and I just feel like we we're just like kindred spirits. I don't know if it's a Scorpio energy (laughs) or what, but I just love all that you're doing with your business, with your company, all the content you're putting out there. So I just am so excited to just like have that conversation, have that conversation. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I've been a fan of yours for a very long time, listening <laughs> to the podcast, following all your things. And yeah, we're definitely in each other's DMs like this YouTube because it's yes. definitely me. Yes, which we're going to dive right on into. But first, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about Little Fish and how you serve your clients. Yeah. So my name is Keila Hill Trawick. I run a CPA firm for micro businesses called Little Fish Accounting. So we really focus on professional service providers who have one owner and very small teams, really like the smallest fish in the big sea. Uh, when we provide accounting, finance and tax support for those businesses as part of year round partnerships. I love it. And I want to talk about being a little fish because in the online space, we are encouraged, peer pressured into being big fish, sharks, whales, whatever it is. Whales are not fish, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how your perspective and what you're so passionate about is that like, you don't need to be bigger. That doesn't always have to be the goal. So let's start there. Why would we want to say small on purpose? And why is that actually beneficial for us in some instances? So I think it touches on a lot of things. First of all, not just online industry, traditional industries. The idea is that your wealth, your financial prowess, your ability to like make more money comes from you getting bigger. And one, from just like an accounting perspective, the bigger the team, the bigger the expense, right? And so you make more money, but you spend more money and you're bringing home the same amount. And so that's my first thing that I want people to realize is if we take the numbers. And so let's say first year you make $100,000 and you spend 50K and you got 50K in profit. All right, bet. Then next year you make 250,000, but you spend 200K. You're at the same 50K. Like everybody gets so caught up in the revenue that you've earned, but the money that it takes to earn that uh, gets more expensive. And then I think the other thing, and we kind of touched on this a little bit in, you know, people that we follow and that we've seen is that delegating and having a team 
doesn't solve the problem, especially when you don't know what problem you're trying to solve. I think at the very beginning, we get to a place where we're like, I need help. Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? And then as you get bigger, you have different problems. Like thousandaires have different problems than hundred thousandaires have different problems than millionaires. And so just adding people to your company doesn't necessarily resolve some of the things that you think that you're trying to fix. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm assuming for most of the clients and businesses that you are behind the scenes of that the most expensive thing is always team, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not the 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 tools and the apps and the programs, it's always team. And I know I have a team, you have a team. So mm-hmm. there definitely is a need to eventually not just be the the solo fish in the pond. But to your point, we often think that having a team is going to be necessary in this really big grand way and that it will to your point solve our problems that oh we just need to hire full-time supporter we just need to hire this role and then we need to hire that role and then we're like oh these these businesses we wanted to start now become a lot of people which is like not what most of us signed up for going into entrepreneurship and so with that being said i'm curious like what is your philosophy and approach to outsourcing and to team like how can we be thoughtful about okay we don't want to do it all ourselves but like we don't need to spend all of our money on team Yeah, I think the first thing to think about is I remember having a coach one time and I was thinking about implementing some kind of software and I was trying to decide between these couple of platforms. And she told me to take a step back and be software agnostic. The idea that like it doesn't matter which platform I pick, like that is not the actual choice. The choice is what do you need? So start with what problem are you trying to solve? Sometimes I think especially as solopreneurs or people who have like one person on their team, It can get easy to think, I just need help, any help. I just need somebody else's hands in this business. And sometimes the things that we're trying to resolve actually take software. Maybe it doesn't take a team member. It takes a contractor or a mastermind or a something else to come in and either teach you how to do it or take care of it for you. And so I want to say like, first of all, just expand our thought of team that it doesn't always mean part-time and full-time employees or ongoing contractors. You may need an operations person or you may need somebody who's an operations consultant can come in and do an audit, take it off of your plate. You may need an internal accountant Or you may need to hand off your tax preparation to somebody else. They're going to take care of it, but they don't actually work for you. And so thinking about what we actually need, who can best serve us. And I think one of the things that you said that's really important is when we're thinking about teams and growing these kind of empires, one thing that I think gets lost in conversation is that the job you thought was your job is no longer your role. If I grow a team of 20, 30, 50 people, the thing that I got into business to do, that's not my job anymore. I'm HR, I'm tech support, I'm a people (laughs) manager, I'm the head reviewer. But like, if you got into this to coach or consult or provide some kind of service, the more people that you hire, the further away you get from that. And that balance between wanting to get out of the work so that you're not the only one doing it and really trying to stay close enough to the people that you're serving, that it feels like a one-on-one relationship Mm -hmm. is difficult to do when you have more hands in the pot. 
Yes, absolutely. And I feel like that kind of leans into why so many people think they need to have these six-figure months and have this big seven-figure business and all these numbers people throw out there as like being the solution. I think the same thing happens with team is like, oh, once Mm -hmm. I get that team member because that person has it and that person said they need it without really realizing like, what do I need to be fulfilled in life? Not in business, mm-hmm. but like in life. And then what do I need my business to be or my team to look like to get there? Because I think we often like do it the opposite way is like, oh, once I have this team, once I make this much, then I'll be happy versus like almost reverse engineering it. Absolutely. And I often ask clients and really everyone, I have to remind myself of this too. What do you want? Like these numbers are arbitrary. You can live a good life on a hundred thousand dollars. You can live a good life on a million dollars. Like what is it that you actually want for your life? And how does your business fit into that? As opposed to most entrepreneurs start from a place of like, the business is my life. And I do all the things that I possibly can to make it successful. And then if I can carve out some space for myself to take a trip every once in a while, or like celebrate myself, that would be great. And I really want us as business owners overall to start thinking about like, why are you doing this? Because honestly, Entrepreneurship, as we both know, as the listeners know, entrepreneurship is hard. It would be easier for me to have a job. I would get PTO. I would get sick leave. I would have, (laughs) you know, somebody else that can be there when I'm not. It is much harder to run our own businesses. And if you are not careful, we will trap ourselves into a business that we didn't even want to do. Like you start thinking about, oh, I have all these people. I have all these responsibilities. You have all these full-time employees. They're relying on you for their livelihood. They get paid because you make money. So now are you stressing yourself out to get more clients or to offer more services or these things that you're not interested in, but they got to keep the machine going? it doesn't always make sense for people. And then the other thing I would add to that is, I think sometimes we delegate out of lack of confidence. I will say that especially Mm -hmm. for women, especially for women of color, which is a lot of our audience and our clients is that we think we can't. And so we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll just hire somebody else to take it. But they take the task, not the responsibility. I tell clients all the time, like, you're responsible for your tax return. I'm going to do it. I'm going to educate you. We're going to make sure that we are transparent as possible. Send you a video to walk through it. Like, I want to make sure you get it. But when you sign, the IRS is coming for you. So make Mm -hmm. sure that you get what this means because, yeah, you delegate the task. We're going to advise you. We have, you know, expertise that you don't have, but you don't release yourself of the responsibility. And I think that goes for all services that people are giving you that, When we think about delegating, most people think about delegating like the whole thing. You own it now and I don't have to think about it anymore. And I'm like, that's not really true. You just gave away the hands part, but you still have to take care of it. Yes, I feel like not enough people talk about the sheer weight that entrepreneurship can hold. And the bigger you get, the more weight that is. Um, And I just think it's such an important conversation. And I want to talk more about money and wealth, because I know this, this might be me asking a personal to me question, but I'm sure other people might have it of, we think, 
oh, well, like when we make more then like we can live this better life. But you made such a great point of it's like it can be the opposite way around of almost like really being like, what do I need and what do I want? Um, And so what are some things that we can do tactically to get really clear on like, okay, how much do I want to take home from my business? How much do that mean I need to make from my business? How do expenses play a role? Because I think once we do the math, we're like, oh, this could be this much a year and it doesn't have to be millions and millions of dollars. So can you break that down for us? Yeah. I mean, it comes as no surprise that like my first thing is going to be track your numbers. Like if you have a sense of what's going in and out, your ability to decide how you want to pivot or strategize or make different changes really comes from data. Like you need some information to tell you what decision you want to make next. I think the second thing is feelings. Look at your past year, your past quarter. You know how you felt. You know how you came out and was like, I feel burned out or actually I took a couple of vacations and that felt great. How many people do you need to serve? How many courses do you need to sell? How many cohorts do you need to set up so that you can have that feeling? Because I think the other thing when I was saying that the numbers are arbitrary is if to make a million dollars, you had to take a million clients, you wouldn't do it. You'd be like, forget that. I'd be happy with much less because I could take fewer, fewer clients and really still take care of myself. And so be realistic Ask yourself, what can the business do with your bandwidth, with the team's bandwidth? What can we actually accomplish? How many clients can I realistically take per month? You know, how long does my onboarding process or sales funnels process take so that I know how much money I need to have in the bank while we're waiting for the next thing to launch or for the next person to sign on? So first, tracking everything is going to be really important. Second, paying attention to your feelings and just getting a sense of like, What does the business feeling good to you feel like? And Mm. then I think third is have really intentional conversations and check-ins with yourself, the people that are closest to you and your team about what is going on. Again, you don't have the same problems as your business grows. And so you need to stop and say, what's working? What's not? Whether it's time, whether it's the roles on the teams need to shift, Um, It might be that your life is changing. You got new life plans and this business that took 14 hour days. Now you only got six because you have a partner or a child or a something else that's getting in the way. So, yeah, we want to make sure that you're tracking your numbers so that you have data to actually inform the decisions that you're making. I would say second, just making sure that you're paying attention to your feelings, that you're looking at how you spent your time, how your last quarter, how your last year felt and what you can make adjustments for. Um, And then just really being intentional when we talk about having the life that you want. Set that as the center. What do you want your days to look like? How much time do you want to spend on work versus play? What do you really want to have space for yourself? When you do that, you can build around, okay, in order to be able to only work five hours a day, these are the kinds of services that I can continue to offer and this is what I can't. This is how many clients I could take realistically and take care of them in the ways that I want to and still have the life that I want and goals. This is how much I need to make so we can take that big vacation that I've been thinking about for Christmas. Lump all of that together and then use that to inform what you do for your business going forward. 
That is so incredibly helpful. And I feel like business owners that are either new and just starting out or people that are already established in business can take those steps and really like do a full audit and really guide their Mm -hmm. next few months and years in business. And this this is going to be a messy question in terms of how I'm saying it, but I think it's a really important conversation. So I'm just going to say it and we'll run with it. But I feel like <laughs> so much of this around entrepreneurship is hard. Not being a business owner would probably be easier around this like idea of having a more sustainable business and does it need to be so big just really makes me think of the conversation that's having happening in the online space right now as we're recording this, especially with Vanessa Lau talking about her sabbatical. And I know this isn't the first person that we've seen this happen to where it feels abrupt and sudden and like, oh my gosh, um, this person's leaving the online space. Like, what was it? Can I prevent it? Or or just should I not be in entrepreneurship? So I feel like there's this, this teeter-taw of like, it's okay if entrepreneurship isn't for you. And, and I think it's really normal and we should normalize that conversation. But I also feel like to a lot of the points you're making, like, can we possibly prevent us from getting to that point where what we went into entrepreneurship for, we kind of lose that foresight and we don't know any way forward besides throwing it in the trash can. So I would just love to hear your thoughts and perspective on that, because I'm sure that's what a lot of people are wondering. Like, is there a way that I can not get to this point or is it just it's for you or it's not for you? I'm just curious if you have any thoughts there. Yeah, I like to say a lot of the time that I am not against growth so much as I'm against growth simply for the sake of growth. And what generally happens in entrepreneurship is what we talked about, is that you're so busy trying to catch up with yourself and trying to expand that we're not really intentional about who we're bringing in. So I'll give you an example. A lot of people will say their first hire should be, say, a VA or an assistant, right? And somebody will be like, okay, if you could just come in and like help me with my emails and help me with my calendar, that would be great. But actually what's taking the most of your time is sending contracts and sending invoices, but you didn't ask for help for that. And so I think that if we're more intentional from the beginning about what we need support with, that would help. Because otherwise, I think the other thing that happens is you hire a person for a thing, one thing, you actually need them to do six and their job just expands. I know I hired you as an admin, but now I need you to be a admin slash social media coordinator slash finance person, right? So one, being intentional. I think the second thing is really keeping our eyes on the prize of what we want. Do you just want to be rich? Because you could be rich and miserable in business. You can be broke and miserable in business too. But like those options are available to you if you are so focused on chasing the dollar, and not focused on what it feels like, what it looks like to get there. That's, I think, what gets in the way too. And so I definitely think that entrepreneurship is hard. I also think that going to work is hard. You got to pick your poison and pick the thing that lights you up the most, knowing that there's going to be struggle alongside it. But what's more important to me is that 
if the thing you want to do is to have an impact on a specific audience or make something easier for other people, that that stays your focus because then you could do a whole lot of stuff. The money will come. Like I know mm. people say that a lot and people are still chasing it. <laughs> the money will come when you are focused on the thing that you're trying to do. And if you can stay focused on serving and providing a good service and really taking care of the people with integrity in the ways that you promise, the rest will flow. If you only chase money, if you only chase finances at the end, it is going to be very difficult to wrap those other principles up in that on the back end. So before we start talking a little bit more about your time in the mastermind, I would just love to end off all the amazing things that you've already said, just talking about doing business more sustainably. What is your advice or tips or hot take on like how we can do entrepreneurship and run our businesses, but in a way that is just so much more sustainable than a lot of us are probably feeling right now? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing and probably the most important part is to be intentional. We talked earlier about like the thing that you get into business to do does not ultimately end up always being your job. And so you need to be clear about what do you want to do? Are you trying to be a coach or are you trying to be a firm owner that teaches coaches? You know what I'm saying? Are you, am I, do I want to be an accountant or do I want to be an accounting firm owner that sets the mission and sets the vision, but isn't say doing tax returns. And so I think being intentional about what you ultimately want is your job. Feelings are important. How much do you actually want to work? You know, how much, uh, how many clients do you want to serve? What is your enough? And thinking about those things really help us to make decisions that are in our best interest. You know, the internet will have us all the time thinking like, yes, delegate, um, get two admins, one for your house and one for your job, and <laughs> three accountants and 17 coaches. And that's not really realistic for a lot of us. So one, being intentional, two, prioritizing. So when we're thinking about what are the things that make your job hardest? What are the things that you hate? Uh, we have a lot of clients that come to us that are like, I don't want to have to pay attention to this tax stuff. Oh, bet. You can hand that off. If bookkeeping yeah. doesn't suck to you, but taxes do, that's the part you want to get help with. If you know I'm great at giving my service, but I hate trying to figure out how to launch it or how to write copy or how to advertise it or, you know, maybe you need a coach or a mastermind or something else that you need to be involved in. But you got to figure out what you're willing to do and what you hate or feels hard so that as you're thinking about who joins the team versus who just helps you for a season, you can really build a business that you can be proud of and that you enjoy and not one that is just kind of sucking life out of you as more things come up that you couldn't prepare for. And then I would just say the third thing is grace. Like, I would say, I would venture to say that all entrepreneurs have this fallacy of an idea that eventually there will be this soft landing place, right? Like, I mean, it was hard for the first year, but now I got all my stuff in order. Now this is not going to be as difficult. It's going to be great. And then you get to year three or year five, or you hit yes. six figures or multiple six figures and seven figures and things break and you have to make a new thing. And once you understand that that soft place in the way that we're thinking about is not going to exist. You can really step back to give yourself grace of like, yeah, 
Now I learned that what got me to 50K won't get me to 100,000. And what got me to 100,000 won't take me to 500,000. And if I know that, I can give myself grace without it feeling like a mistake in the ways that I've had it before. So even if you prioritize, even if you're intentional, giving yourself grace in that third step of saying, I did what I thought I was supposed to do and some of it worked and some of it didn't. And then you change your mind and you do something else. Yeah. And I feel like that is all just so empowering as well of like really being able to just build in a way that feels good, which I feel like just really leans into your approach of like, it doesn't always have to be a bigger business to be successful to us. And I'm sure a lot of people listening in are like really having that like come to Jesus moment of like, okay, I can think of this differently. I can approach this differently and it can feel better. And also I can enjoy the journey of knowing I won't always do it right. I'm not always, I'm not going to uh, find this final destination. Yeah. Of, I made it. I did it. Like, I think if someone else like, please write, write in, DM us, let us know if you yes. met, you've, you're at the final destination. But I, I don't think there's you. a final. Yeah, we won't text <laughs> you if there is. But I just have a theory that it's it's so much less about, I know it sound, that sounds so cheesy, but it's so much less about the, de- the destination. It's more about the journey that we're on and being able to actually enjoy that journey versus always being like, what's next? What's next? What's next? You know? Yeah. And it makes you think about how arbitrary numbers are if you don't know the why. Right. Like I think a lot of people get caught up in I got to make this much or I got to profit this much or I should be spending X amount. And I'm like, what does the business feel like? What is what are the numbers telling you about the services that you're offering or the money that you're spending? Like it's supposed to be giving you data so that you can make decisions. Otherwise, everything is just flat. You're just like, oh, I made X amount. It's like, well, is that good? It depends on how it felt to make it or how much effort it took to actually do it. And a lot of times that gets missed because we get so caught up in like, to your point, hitting these goals or reaching this point. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do when you get there? What were you trying to achieve um, outside of just, I needed to hit this number? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit more about you inside yes. my mastermind. And let's first talk about like, this is a whole year ago. Where were you a year ago and what like gave you the nudge to join? Because I think we could maybe say social media was maybe a little, a little bit of a hot mess, maybe possibly. A hot mess, a hot mess, we had no plan. Um, so there's a couple of things. I mean, we talked about this early on. I have been stalking you for years and um, looking at all the things that you were doing. But what's interesting is somebody had recommended, I was having this struggle of thinking about how to separate from myself from the business differently. Of like, mm-hmm. I started Little Fish. It was all on my face and on my name. Um, and you know this, when I came to the mastermind where I was trying to figure out, like, should I sp- have a split personality where I exist over here or I exist as kind of a personal brand. I knew that I was interested in speaking, but one of the things that was confusing to me and that I was hoping to get from the mastermind was this idea that I was talking to what felt like two separate audiences that weren't as disparate as it felt like. Um, And so that was one, like, how do I 
talk to people that I want to speak for and also talk to people who need accounting service at the same time. The other part was that our social media had no strategy. Um, I started Little Fish on Instagram simply because personally I was already on Instagram. And so I would post and we got pretty good feedback. People liked it, but it wasn't our ideal client. So there were a lot of tips and tricks and information and it was great. And I felt helpful. It felt like a resource, but it was for the amount of effort that we were putting into making posts every day. That's not where most of our traffic was coming from. And so I wanted to have a real sense of like, how can we use this more effectively? Um, But also, how do I figure out how to talk to people? I'm an accountant and I feel very good at communicating concepts and teaching and all of those things did not feel as good about telling the story around what we do and how we do it. And so I saw your mastermind come up like a day after somebody recommended you that when I said, Oh, I feel like, you know, I'm trying to figure out this split thing. They were like, you know, who does that really well? Uh, Natasha. And I was like, she does do that really well. I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and like I the next that. day, because Instagram was listening to my conversation, they were like, so Thank what's you up? Instagram you know, she's mind. For I once. Like, I didn't, but I'm in. And I signed up wow. like that day. Oh my gosh, that is so, so cool. And I feel like the common thread for you, like in in the transformation you've seen since then, is really just like how you've approached your content, because that had the trickle effect of like, you were able to show up more as a thought leader and show like what made you and Little Fish just so different than other options. Mm -hmm. But it also helped to like continue to like, pin your impact and your expertise in your industry to continue to attract speaking engagements. And I feel like with kind of where you are now, like kind of walk us through on like what shifts you made and like your social media content and keeping in mind, like y'all's content was not bad for the goals for that next level. It like needed, it needed some tweaks. It needed some tweaks. So walk us through what those tweaks were that you made and, and kind of how that's impacted you since. So one was really being intentional about video. I feel good on video. I happen to be a person that like feels comfortable in front of the camera. I've never been a person that was like, "Uh, I don't want to show my face. But I wasn't, again, intentional about it. I wasn't thinking about it as a way to actively get people to act. I was more so thinking, oh, I happen to have something to say today. So y'all get me on video. And if I don't, then you don't get anything. So it made us be more clear about using video as really a platform. I think one of the things that I got out of it that was really surprising is I went into it thinking that it was going to be mostly about our Instagram. So I was like, okay, we'll get some ideas about how we can update our Instagram, but it changed all kinds of things, whether it was the way we showed up on LinkedIn differently because we were able to repurpose really easily. Um, We have a podcast called Fish Food that now has video this season. It never has before because I thought that it didn't matter. Um, (laughs) So really just figuring out and talking through even with the team how can we use video to leverage not just like accounting work, which is what I felt like I was focused on and what I struggled with a lot through the beginning of the mastermind where I was like, but I do accounting. Like, 
how do I talk about it? And then we would have an answer about it. And I was like, so one more time, I do task. How do I explain <laughs> this? Um, and so that was really exciting because it helped me to look at our services, the way we talk about our services, both on our website, online, um, at speaking engagements, to really identify the value and what we do beyond the task because I understood how to tell the story differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everyone has like heard that story, like literally here on the podcast of like, if we were just talking about the accounting things would be very helpful, but I feel like you have so much to offer in that unique point of view of like, it's okay to be small. And I think by being able to like really draw that out in your content, like your entire content ecosystem and like expand that from the podcast, which has always been like a main place you were focusing your energy of like, how can this become other pieces of content, which I love. And I remember when I saw like the new season of fish food and I saw the video, I was like, I fell out my chair. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is too much for me. This is really too much because it just, it felt like just like a, a boom, like a, a an up level. It felt like that. It was yeah. so cool to see it come to fruition from the from the mastermind. Yeah, it felt like that for us too. And I I I really felt good about the ability to say. I mean, I think that I I started niching out this idea of small businesses that wanted to stay small as part of the yes. mastermind. As we kept digging into like, who are you talking to, and why, and what are you saying, it made me think about my passion for tiny businesses and this idea that everybody's trying to grow. But what if you weren't like, who would you go to if you weren't trying to? And that being a through line of everything that we do. And so by the time we got to the podcast, interestingly, my podcast producer kind of said the same thing because I had come to her initially and said, hey, I don't know what else to talk about. I told y'all all the accounting things that I know how yeah. to tell you. Matter of fact, by the time you ask me questions now, I'm probably going to refer you back to an episode. So what do we make a new season about that is not want to be an escort? Let me tell you all the things about that. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of picked up on the same thing, which was now that you know that that's who you're talking to and you feel comfortable on video, how can you stretch that out to more than an accountant to like how you use those numbers to advise the rest of your business, knowing that you are not going to just expand uh, forever. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that really speaks to one of my intentions with the mastermind that's like not so sexy to talk about when launching and marketing it is that a lot of times you come in thinking like, this is the goal. I need to have my personal brand account and then we're going to have, you know, the, the agency account. But when it really was like just taking out that niche, that messaging, that unique point of view that's already inside you because you've already already seen success in business. You've been in business, you've been in your field for years. And it's just having not only like the community, but like having the coaching support to like, get that out. Because sometimes we're so close to it that we can't even see and we're just like, trying to figure out like, what is my thing? What is my thing? And like, we already have it, but we just need help kind of like bringing it out. Um, so I feel like you spoke to that so well. And that kind of got me thinking of like all the other people in the mastermind. Because another thing that makes me 
yell at my phone out of excitement is seeing when y'all collaborate. And I know yes. you've been able to not only do it in real life, but also virtually with some of the other members. Like you guys are still collaborating and hanging out and having each other on podcasts and, and doing all these things. So talk about that element, because I feel like the more we grow and scale, it's inevitable that we kind of outgrow people or that we find ourselves feeling extra lonely of like, I'm in this season of business thinking about this stuff. And like, I just want other people to talk to about it. And I just want people to collaborate with and I want people to refer and I want people referring me and I want people to meet up with. So speak to that, like commute, like the mastermind element of the mastermind. Yeah, I often say that I'm because I'm naturally introverted, like networking is not a thing that I often feel like I do well. I can. I'm great with one on ones. Like I'm going to be the person that's in a conference hall talking to the same person for two hours in the corner. <laughs> yes, like That's going to be me. every time. <laughs> so I think because of that and because of this natural social landscape, it can very much feel like, you know, a lot of people and nobody at the same time. And so the mastermind was a really intimate experience, this ability to have a safe space with not that many other people in varying kind of um, places in their business, but what felt like very close to what I was doing. And so being able to bounce off of them to send DMs of like, but I know you, like we were in school together. We took this class together. Yeah. We, you know, you've heard my struggles. You've heard the things that I'm trying to do better. I also can see those things. I've been able to pick up tips and hints about the ways that they were doing things. Um, and everybody was just so giving. I think that was also a good reminder. I've had a really good business experience with people overall, but the mastermind was a good reminder that more often than not, people want to help you. Like the amount of times in the mastermind that all of us were basically like, you want that? Steal that. You want yeah. <laughs> a template or you need to know how I did this? Here, you can have it. And didn't feel like what can often feel online, like a paywall or a, if you give me your email and let me be on this thing, I'll give it to you. It just felt really warm um, and welcoming. And I felt like the mastermind participants cared about my business and you don't get that all the time. Usually the community is like, we can all serve ourselves by yeah. talking to each other. Every time a question came up, every time a topic came up for discussion, everyone participated and really tried to give like, I follow your social media and what I see is this, or I saw your video the other day, you're doing really well on this, really yeah. the kind of encouragement, but also a connection that felt bigger than you're in my class and then I'm not going to talk to you anymore after this. Yes, definitely. I feel like that is something that I was just craving so much when I was trying to figure out like, what is my thing? Like, how do I do this? And am I doing it right? And what about this rate? And do I do that? And I just feel like there's so much value and not just being coached and having a mentor like that's amazing. But I think being in the room with like minded people and being able to build those connections and bonds, it's kind of one of those things that you like don't really realize until you have it in such an impactful way. So that was definitely something that I just loved seeing from your time in the mastermind. And it was just such a joy having you and, and an even bigger privilege to have you on the podcast. So please let everyone know where they can listen to your podcast, where they can connect with you, work with you, all the things. 
Yeah, absolutely. So everything that you need to know about our firm and me speaking, because they live in one place, because Natasha told me no early on, is at (laughs) littlefishaccounting.com. You can find us on Instagram at littlefishaccounting, as well as on LinkedIn, where we're expanding our presence there. And then if you want to listen to Fish Food, which is our podcast with bite-sized accounting advice, all the episodes for the most part are about 15 minutes or less. You can look for Fish Food wherever you listen to all of your podcasts. um, And we'd love for you to join us. We also have in the show notes there for you to give us feedback. So if there are topics that you want to hear, any of those places, feel free to send us a message because we mostly want to serve. So we want to make sure we're answering what you really want to know the answer to. Love it. Amazing. We will leave that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Keela, for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Shine Online podcast. I hope this episode has helped you find a simpler way to show up consistently on video. If you loved what you heard, please share this episode with a business owner you know who is struggling with content and video in their business. Or connect on Instagram at Shine with Natasha by taking a screenshot and sharing your biggest takeaway. See you in the next episode.